Uh, how is everybody? It's good to see everybody here today. Um, so we uh, started a series last week. We're going to go for four weeks um, that I've titled Finding Financial Freedom. And, uh, and we're going to be talking for a few weeks a little bit about possessions and money. I know uh, that people love to talk about money, especially um, with their pastor. Um, but truthfully, I love to talk about it. And so um, we're going to have some practical conversations, and uh, that includes today, I think. Um, want to start with this little story. I might have told this joke like years ago, so sorry if you were here then, but it's kind of cute. Small church was raising funds for a new piano. On Sunday, the pastor said, whoever gives the most money today for the offering can pick out the three hymns. So they passed the offering plate around, and the pastor sees a $100 bill in the offering plate. And he says, looks like we have a winner. Who gave this $100 bill? I'd like you to come up front of the church and select three hymns. An 80-year-old lady slowly gets up, walks to the front, and points her finger. I'll take him and him and him. <clears throat> so last week, um, for those of you who are here, uh, we learned that God... Uh, owns everything. It's going to be up on the screen. Say it with me. God owns everything. And one of the things that we talked about last week was that if God owns everything, everything means everything, right? Means everything. Uh, and we looked at scripture that reminded us that when we came into this world, we, not, we brought nothing with us. And when we leave it, we're not going to take anything when we go. We were also introduced last week to the term steward or stewardship. And we learned that a steward is someone who takes care of that which belongs to someone else. And of course, if everything belongs to God, then we are stewards of that which belongs to God. We care for what we know in our own lives belongs to God. Things like our time, our bodies, um, the people in our lives, our giftedness, our abilities, our possessions, and our money. Today, uh, what I want to do is I want to talk a little bit about implementing a spiritual approach to managing our finances and money uh, in life and specifically, a little bit about giving uh, today. Uh, most people, if you were to ask them, would you rather be known as selfish or generous, most people I know would say generous. Yeah, I think that's pretty common. I mean, you know, if people were to look at us and think of one word, selfish or generous, I think most of us would like to say I'd like to be known as generous. Um, some of the terms we sometimes use around here is, would you rather be known as a taker or a giver? A giver. Lots of us have been takers in life in one way or the other, right? And so we'd like to kind of be known as a giver. And, and those of us who are on a recovery journey, 
one of the things we're reminded of constantly is no more taking, but we're actually going to give back. What I want you to know is if you'd like to be known as someone who's generous, if you'd like to be known as someone who is a giver, um, it doesn't happen by accident. Um, truth is, is we kind of love and respect people who are generous. Um, and, you know, maybe we even aspire to be one. And so what it takes is a little bit of decision-making and planning and effort on our own part. And uh, the whole idea of generous or selfish has shaped my question for today. Um, here you go. How have you been touched or impacted by someone else's generosity? It can be their generosity of time or energy or experience or gifts or money or whatever it would be. Um, how have you been touched or impacted by someone else's generosity? And uh, if you'd like to answer the question, we will take a few of your, your answers. You stand up, speak directly in the mic, give us a brief answer, and here you go. Hello, I'm Jamie. Um, I think the thing, the thing that comes to my mind is um, a donor from the jail chaplains when I was working on my, my debt. Um, this person paid like a $1,600 um, bank debt that I had um, if I had taken care of my other ones. So, I mean, that was huge for me. Very nice. Thank you, Jer Jamie. My name is Marjorie. I also attend Bethel. I go there for a Bible study and stay for the services sometimes. Um, but a few years ago, I had an opportunity to go on a mission trip to Honduras. And I was told, don't worry about the money. Guess what I did? I worried about the money. But I wrote these letters... And I'll tell you what, I think I had to put in maybe $200. But people, people have got pockets. Hmm. Ask, and God provides. Thank you, Marjorie. Amen. Who else would be willing to share today? How have you been touched or impacted by someone else's generosity? Good morning. Morning. My name is Sarah. Um, well, not necessarily financial, but um, Kathy gave me a chance. You know, she didn't have to. I got a pretty ugly record, and uh, that was very generous of her. I'll, tr I'll, I'll never let her down. I'm not even going to say try. I won't let her down. And uh, there's other people in this community, even Mike over there. I forgot. Uh, I was having some anxiety the other day. Mike and I went through hell together, you know. And just seeing Mike, it reminds me to be humble. So Mike was very generous when I was at my worst. So even people that you would not expect to be or be able to be generous really have been to me in my life. And I'm very grateful for that. Thank you. Thanks, Sarah. Anybody else? Love to do a couple more. Anybody else? Uh, hello, my name is Mel. Um, so I've been impacted. Be, um, I was always the giver, and um, 
I would hate taking stuff because it felt like they looked down on me because I needed something. Hmm. And just recently, um, since I've been born again, God uh, put this lady in my life. She gave me money. And she's, and, um, me being prideful, I'm like, I don't need that money. Thank you, but no thanks. And she said, it is a direct disobedience to God if you don't take this money from me. <laughs> so I'm like, <laughs> absolutely, I will take this money and thank you. So God has been working, <laughs> working in me in that way. So uh, I casted pride aside and, you know, people are generous because he is generous. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for sharing today. Here we go. Hi, church family. I'm Heather. Um, something that comes to mind, in college I needed a test and I didn't have the money for it. And when I came back to my dorm room, there was an envelope for $96 on the bed. Now, the test was only $84, they told me over the phone. And I was thinking, okay, I get to get some ramen noodles, you know. <laughs> get to the test and they had quoted me the wrong price. It was $96. Thanks, Heather. Hi, I'm, I'm Daniel. Uh, I wasn't supposed to be here. And uh, with the grace of God, he sent me here. And uh, he said he needed me in here. You know, I wasn't supposed to be here. And he had a purpose for me, you know. He said, you, you, no, you're not going there. You're going here. He says, this is where you need to be. And with the grace of God, he gave me this chance to be here and to be surrounded by all you loving Christian people that I need to be surrounded by. And uh, he wants me to become a servant and a disciple of his word and to share it with you all. I just learned to learn to be gracious and, you know, and appreciate of, of the things that the gifts that he gives me every day. I mean, I don't believe in luck or chance. I mean, it, everything happens for a purpose. And I couldn't believe, I, I, I just can't believe I'm here today, and I, I, I got a purpose, and I'm putting it forward and uh, laying it down, and uh, I guess I got to be here for a minute to get my head straight, and, or, or to, uh, to, to, uh, just to, uh, he brought me here to, to be with you people. Thank you. Thanks, Daniel. We're going to wrap up there, but thank you. Thank you for those answers. Welcome back, by the way. It's good to see you. And, uh, um, you know, I, I, love, uh, I, I love the diversity. I mean, you know, I, I'm a person in recovery. Um, most of you or all of you know that. And, you know, I've, I've experienced that the recovery community is literally built upon the generosity of people, Right financially, but also time-wise, and, and in many ways, so is, is this um, Lighthouse community. Um, here's what I want you to learn today. Main thing I want you to learn. Um, I said last week that God doesn't need your money, and I believe that. God owns everything, right? I also believe that Christ Church is going to be okay with or without your money or my money, because uh, it's his church. He'll figure it out. Um, here's, here's what I want you to know. The Bible teaches that you and I need to learn how to give because it's good for us. That's what I want us to know. It's good for us to learn how to give. And um, you've been created in God's image, and our God is a giving God. I mean, even the 
best known Bible verse of all time. For God so loved the world that he gave. I mean, you know, his only begotten son. So much of life is what God gives. Um, and we enjoy it. Uh, I want you to turn with me to the book of Proverbs. And I'm going to have you keep your Bibles because we're going to look at a, a few different places in Scripture as we talk about managing our finances and we talk about money and um, especially giving today. best thing I can do is kind of let you see what the Bible has to say about it. And um, then you can decide uh, how to proceed. I've shared before that the Bible says more about money than heaven and hell combined. It says a lot about money. Um, we'll talk a little bit about that today. But I love this, this little section from the book of Proverbs, chapter 3. Let me just begin reading at verse 1. My child, never forget the things I have taught you. Store my commands in your heart. If you do this, you will live many years and your life will be satisfying. In other words, God's commands are given to us for our own benefit. Never let loyalty and kindness leave you. Tie them around your neck as a reminder. Write them deep within your heart. Then you will find favor with both God and people, and you will earn a good reputation. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. Don't be impressed with your own wisdom. That's good advice, huh? <laughs> Don't be impressed with your own wisdom. Instead, fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Then you will have healing for your body and strength for your bones. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the best part. Other translations say the first fruits of everything you produce. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits or the best part of everything you produce. Then he will fill your barns with grain and your vats will overflow with good wine. Maybe not the best promise for Lighthouse Church, but, <laughs> but uh, you get the picture. In other words, God will bless us. His abundance will overflow. Um, honor the Lord with your wealth, with the best part or first fruits of everything you produce. Then God will fill your barns with grain and your vats will overflow with good wine. Um, kind of reminds me, you know, when, when those those encouragements to, to give are filled with a promise. It reminds me of, of Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. We, we read it last week. Um, it says this, Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he'll give you everything you need. Yeah. You know, that came right after Jesus was saying, Why do you worry so much? Why do you worry so much about what you're going to eat or, or what you're going to wear? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and God will take care of you. You know, Jesus wants to transform our thinking um, in all of our life, but also about money. And what we're going to talk about the next few weeks is, is you know, what the Bible has to say about, about God's desire for us to kind of view the things of this world and what that looks like. He, he has lots of guidance about how we're supposed to operate want to tell you, I do know how we tend to operate because I'm a human being just like you. Um, we tend to, um, you know, think that I'm working and I'm getting paid and this is my money. These are just $1 bills because I'm just a pastor, so I, it's, that's all I can bring. <laughs> this is my money, right? Um, I work, I earn it, I get to do with it whatever I want. There's some truth in that. 
Here's the deal. Um, when is the, when um, was your best thinking something that really worked out the way you had hoped? And so um, the reality is, is that God has much to say about how it is that, that he would have us view the things of this world. And I know the complications of life because um, I'm also a human being who works and, and uh, has expenses. You know, we, we, we work, we get a paycheck, and uh, right away, you know, we have to pay, you know, our rent or our mortgage, um, our utilities, um, some of those basic living needs that we have. You know, and then there's other bills that we have to pay, like food and entertainment, some of the things that I want, transportation, and I just don't want transportation. I want good transportation. And hey, I just want to tell you, it takes some money to look this good. (laughs) Get to the end of the week, we come to church, they pass the offering tray, and what do I got? Good luck. Good luck is about it. So, uh, um, you know if that's kind of how you operate. Like, you know, going through every dollar that you earn. Um, There are others, and this has been me at times in my life, where um, it's not so much that, but it's like, um, this is my money, I earned it. Keep your hands off of it. You know, and, and the truth is, is that, is that we really place our security in kind of making sure that there's always enough. You know, the Bible wants us to rethink that basic approach or those basic approaches. And, and um, here's, here's the way the Bible wants us to look at this. I just want to make this really clear. Like, like you work, right? Of course, your gifts and abilities are what give you the ability to work. You work, you get a paycheck, and you get that paycheck, and you know, you cash it, you deposit it, and you think, God, thank you, because this is yours. It's all yours. And man, you have made me a steward of this for this week, or these two weeks, or this month, whatever it is. Help me be a good steward of what you are giving me. That's the basic biblical approach. You know, I, I've worked to earn this, but, you know, if I was to die tomorrow, it would be left behind, right? Now, the Bible gives a lot of guidance regarding, you know, the managing of our money and our giving. Um, we have freedom in Christ to take his guidance or not, and um, God only wants what's best for us. Uh, Much of the guidance that the Bible gives, but not all of it, comes in the Old Testament. But in many ways, the New Testament is built upon what the Old Testament foundations um, have laid. And so I just want to share a little bit today um, what the Bible has to say about giving. And then kind of talk about what that might mean for for you and for me. So, um, So we got our 10 bucks Um, What the Bible, first of all, teaches, we already read it in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9. It says to give to God the first fruits of what God has given 
uh, to us. Not the leftovers. It's kind of what we often do. But to give the first portion or the best portion, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9 says this, Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Now I know that you're not usually paid in crops these days, but back then it was a whole different economy, right? Um, and so it says the same thing. What that means for me in my life is that when we get a paycheck, um, we like to make the first check payable to, um, for us, it's the church. That out of the first that we receive, as a means of kind of remembering where this comes from and who it belongs to, you know, it all belongs to God. We're going to give this first portion back to what you are doing um, in our lives and in the ministry that we are committed to. Now, the Bible also um, uh, suggests or gives commands um, an amount. And I know it's a challenge for, for you. It might be um, something that most of you have already heard of. Uh, but the Bible suggests a tithe um, or 10%. And that's kind of throughout the Bible. Um, here's uh, an early um, text about it. It comes from Leviticus chapter 27. It says, One-tenth or a tithe of the produce of the land, whether grain from the fields or fruit from the trees, it belongs to the Lord and must be set apart to be um, holy. Now, um, what that means is that if I have earned um, 10 bucks, what's 10%? That belongs to God. Look, I got nine to live on. You with me? Okay. Now, one of the interesting things in the Bible when it talks about money and giving is that it ties promises to our giving. And uh, that's such a hard thing for me to talk about because um, I don't think anybody should start giving because they think they're going to get more back. On the other hand, the Scriptures are clear. We already read it in Proverbs that when we are faithful with what God entrusts us, that He will provide for us, right? Let me show you another place in Scripture. It's really interesting. It comes in Malachi chapter 3. Grab a Bible. And turn um, with me to it, Malachi chapter 3. It's the last book of the Old Testament. Um, I'm just going to tell you that um, if you, uh, the, Malachi was a prophet. If you were a prophet back um, in the Old Testament, um, you hated your job. Um, because your job was to tell all the people a message from God that they had um, messed up and God was unhappy with them and that they should return to the Lord. So prophets were not treated very well. Uh, nobody liked them, and they had a tough job. We're going to get a little glimpse of, of what Malachi, uh, part of the message that he is delivering uh, to the Israelites. It's Malachi chapter 3, beginning at verse 6. Just follow along as I read. I am the Lord, and I do not change. That is why you descendants of Jacob are not al already destroyed. Tough word. Ever since the days of your ancestors, you have scorned my decrees and you have failed to obey them. Now return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord of heaven's armies. But you ask, how can you return when we have never gone away? Should people cheat God? Yet you have cheated me, says God. But you ask, what do you mean? When did we ever cheat you? You have cheated me of the tithes and offerings due to me. You are under a curse, for the whole nation has been cheating me. 
Bring all the tithes into the storehouse so that there will be enough food in my tempted or in my temple. If you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. You hear it? Bring it in, blessing. Bringing it in, blessing. Um, kind of a hard thing, yeah. Um, then God says something that it's the only place in Scripture I ever remember him saying this. He says, try it. Just put me to the test. It's an interesting little few words. Try it. Put me to the test. Just test me on this. See if I'm not faithful to what I'm saying. Your crops will be abundant, for I will guard them from insects and disease. Your grapes will not fall from the vine before they are ripe, says the Lord of heaven's armies. Then all nations will call you blessed, for your land will be such a delight, says the Lord of heaven's armies. Just test me, says God. Test me. It's almost as if the Lord is saying, uh, you've been away from me, um, but I'm here, I'm here come back to me and you wonder well how do i come back to you god and and it's almost like what what god is saying is why don't you start with what's closest to your heart it's almost like god knows and that's why the bible says so much or so much about money is why don't you start with what's closest to your heart reminds me of something we read last week matthew chapter 6 verse 21 where it says, wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will be also. Return to me, says the Lord. Why don't you start there? It's such an interesting thing. So Beth and I um, have tithed for most of our years together, uh, but not all of them. just want to be clear about that. Um, we uh, we um, started off together, like lots of you, in very, some very lean times. And uh, we um, tried to grow towards tithing. We worked at it. And uh, for years now, um, we have been tithers or more. Um, and I, I just thought I would share with you just a few things really quick um, about why I personally um, tithe and what it brings me in my life, okay? Uh, so here we go. Um, first, first reason is uh, first fruits tithing gives me peace to know that I'm following what the Bible teaches about giving. Now, do I, do I teach or do I follow everything the Bible tells me to do? I would love to say yes, of course I do. Um, I'm still a work in progress, right? Um, but this one is something that I feel like I've really devoted myself to and I, I have some peace about. Um, I do know that what the Bible says comes primarily from the Old Testament and there are lots who say, well, you know, the Old Testament laws are fulfilled in Jesus. We don't need to obey them. Some truth in that. Um, you don't have to obey them. Um, there are Old Testament laws we do obey, some that we don't. Um, but when I look at Jesus, I've thought about this a lot, when I look at Jesus and what Jesus has to say about it, like, like there's a few people who come up to him and say, Jesus, you know, I want to I wanna follow you. And he says, well, why don't you... Uh, sell all of your possessions, give it all away, and then come follow me. So I've kind of decided I'm going to stick with the tithing thing um, at this point. Not quite ready for the next step, right? Um, 
And I, I know it all, all belongs to God. And so, um, you know, I'm learning to grow. Um, and I have found some peace in that. Um, second thing I want you to know, first fruits tithing helps me remember that everything I have belongs to God. I'm just a steward of it. Um, it has increased my gratitude, my trust. That's actually the next one. Um, first fruits tithing has grown my faith and my trust that God will provide. Um, as I've given my heart and commitment to Christ and his church, um, this church also has grown. So, you know, in my own personal life, um, you know, I, uh, there have been some lean years when we've still tried to be very faithful in our giving. Um, but, but I've always, you can tell, I always have enough to eat. You know, have a home to live in. We have, you know, I drive a nice vehicle. Um, but um, we also um, have tried to really support um, the work of the church that we're part of, which is this church. And over the years, um, this church has grown um, in, in ministry, in numbers, in impact. And um, it's been a blessing in my life, so many ways. Uh, Beth and I work hard, um, but God is taking care of us in so many ways. Uh, in the next two weeks, we're going to talk a little bit about spending and savings and just kind of the other aspects of, a, of an overall biblical approach. Um, but I've tried to take God at his word on this one. Test me. Try it out. I've tried it out. It's worked for me. That's all I can say, right? Um, you know, God has provided. Uh, next, I wanted to share with you that First Fruits Tithing has helped me become more um, financially responsible and generous. Generosity is like a snowball a little bit. The more generous you are, the more generous you are. The more generous you are. It's really kind of cool. Um, you know, when you read the Bible, tithing is kind of the basic um, biblical expectation, and then offerings are what you give over and above your tithes, and we've been able to do that for some years as well. Um, we've, uh, we've been able to grow, and... Uh, and in so many ways, when, when the Lord says, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Um, when we have put our, our treasure uh, into the works of Christ, our heart and our devotion to Jesus Christ has grown as well. It's so cool. It's so cool. It's all I can tell you. You know, try it out um, if you wish. Turn with me to one more place in the Bible. It's 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Um, I'm going to read a little more scripture, and then, and then we are going to, to wrap up here in a few moments. But um, I, I certainly wanted to read a little bit from, from 2 Corinthians in regards to giving because it's one of those um, passages in the New Testament that specifically is addressing giving. And I think kind of the New Testament... Um, biblical approach that I think is the most important thing for everybody to hear today. Um, there's still a little bit of the sense of test me and God will provide. Um, but, but Paul also reminds us in, in an offering that was going on in Corinth to be sent to Jerusalem that, that really our giving should grow out of our heart. It says in chapter 9, verse 6, remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds was, is going to get a small crop. 
but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. So each of you um, must decide in your own heart how much to give. Here, I want you to hear this though. And don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure, for God loves a person who gives cheerfully. That's the most important thing I want you to hear out of this. Um, don't, ever, don't ever give under pressure. God loves a person who gives cheerfully. And God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. As the scriptures say, they share freely and give generously to the poor and their good deeds will be remembered forever. For God is the one who provides seed for the farmer, then bread to eat. In the same way, he will provide and increase your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. Uh, so there, there's that sense of promise as well. We're going to stop there. You can read the rest on your own. But um, here's, the, here's the deal. Uh, giving is up to you. Giving is up to you. It's between you and God. Um, so, so you decide, right? You decide. Um, and my encouragement would be to do so out of gratitude and do it cheerfully. A couple of practical questions if you're wondering. Sometimes people will ask, am I supposed to like, give my whole tithe to the church or is it to whatever ministries I want to support or whatever organizations? And um, here's, uh, here's the answer. You decide. It's up to you. I'll tell you what we do. Um, we give our tithe to the church. Um, I kind of read Malachi to say, you know, bring the tithe into my house um, and, um, and then I will bless you. And so uh, to us, our commitment has been primarily to the body of Christ that we are part of, um, and that is this church. Um, sometimes I'm asked, does it mean my gross income or my net income? And, uh, of course, there's an old joke. Well, that depends. Do you want a gross blessing or a net blessing, right? <laughs> Frankly, it's up to you. If you're not tithing and you want to start, why not start with your net? And, uh, you know, see how that goes. Um, in my giving, um, I support ministries that further God's kingdom. Uh, sometimes I'm asked, you know, I mean, there's a lot of organizations you can support. Um, I support ones that, that um, preach and proclaim and further the gospel. Uh, to me, those are the ones that are the most important. I, I feel like there's a whole world of people who can support the other ones, but fewer people who support those that further the work of Jesus Christ. Um, sometimes um, people will wonder, what if I earn too much to tithe? You may not be wondering that, but some might. There's an old story of a young, ambitious man who asked his pastor if he would pray for his career, and he told his pastor and God that he would tithe on his income. So the pastor prayed, and they had a prayer partnership. They prayed that God would bless this man's career. At the time, he was making $700 a week, and he was tithing $70. In a few years, his career had really boomed and his income increased, and he was now tithing $1,000 per week. He called his pastor, asked if he could come over, and he said, um, Pastor, I need to be released from this promise because it's way too costly now. So the pastor said, Of course, let's pray. And pastor bowed his head and said, Lord God, we need to be released of this promise 
I ask that you would reduce my friend's income back to $700 a week (laughs) so that he will not have a problem in tithing. Yeah. So can I just can I just say that most of us, not all of us, but most of in, uh, most of us in this room are in the top one or two income earners in the world, one or two percent. Um, we are blessed in this country far beyond what much of the world um, would ever dream of. Um, statistics say that people with less give far more proportionately. Interestingly. And Jesus says, to whom much is given, much is expected. You know, you and I answer to him, not to each other, right? And so uh, that's between you and God. Um, Here's a bigger reality in our church. What if I can't start tithing today? Maybe you've got some financial issues to take care of. Uh, We're going to actually talk about that the next couple of weeks. Um, Here's what I suggest. Um, Begin to look at your giving from a percentage perspective. You already give a percentage of your income. It might be 0%. It might be 1% or 2% or 4 or 5%. But you already give a percentage of your income. Um, If it's above zero, make a commitment to your own faith and, and to Christ to not dip below that percentage. It's a great way to start. And then, you know, if you, if you feel like God is leading you to grow towards tithing, begin to grow towards tithing um, over time. You know, I also want to say that um, because uh, we are a church that has a lot of expenses, um, that I do want to say that we strive here to be responsible with every dollar that is given. And um, I, I learned a long time ago that ministry can be expensive and quality ministry is very expensive, and this church is really making a huge impact in our community. Um, every gift counts. Um, so if you are, you know, if you throw in a few dollars a week in the tray, God blesses that just as much as the person who might give thousands of dollars. Um, every gift counts. Every dollar matters. And I want to thank you for any support that you have had or do give um, to this ministry. And I just want you to know that not only, not only does God bless you when you give, but God blesses this ministry as well. Um, so here's how I want to end. I, um, so I, I sometimes think that um, people, people wonder um, if, if um, I should make some comment once in a while about world events, um, especially ones that go on in the Middle East. And I've been watching the news probably like lots of you. The reason I wonder if people wonder if I should say that is because some of you have sent me messages like, what do you think? And um, I don't know what to think. Um, but I am going to just say a couple of things, and one is related to what we were talking about today. Um, the first thing I wanted to say is that, um, is that my faith has taught me that um, there's been conflict in that part of the country since the beginning of this book. And Jesus himself gives an indication that it's going to happen until the day he returns. And um, so, so that we know. But it also reminds me, and this is what I really want you to know, it also reminds me um, that, 
that um, something that I, I tell you all the time that, that Jesus Christ and his body of Christ, his church, really is the hope of the world. It has been for a lot of you here in this place, I know. Um, but it is also true on a global scale. Um, until our, our world comes to know, and even Christians haven't always been, you know, the best with, with how to, you know, manage conflicts. But I can tell you, Jesus was good at it. Until this whole world comes to know Jesus, until Jesus returns, and until people, you know, are going to be able to kind of love one another um, in the same way that God loves us, um, there's going to be conflicts. And I, my prayer is that somehow, you know, the God who I know is in charge will bring the love of Christ into a people that just for centuries have not been able to find it. And um, I think that it is our giving, it is our calling, it's your calling and my calling to, to not just say things like that, but to be prayerful about it and to give and to be supportive of those organizations. We can't solve together here um, the Middle East conflict. Uh, but heck, most of us here have plenty of issues that we can work on together right here in this place. So let's support and do the work that we can and, and lift up prayers for places that are far away but close to our hearts. All right.